1: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Citizens of Lorcana podcast. A podcast where we invite you to be a part of their world. We're your hosts, Jared and James, and today we're talking about organized play. So without further ado, let's jump into the episode. All right, hey everyone, welcome, welcome to another week. James, have you ever been to an organized play tournament before?
0: Well, no, and up until a few months ago, I didn't even know that they were called organized play tournaments.
1: Not going to lie, that was new to me too. Sometimes when I see it in the Discord, I still think, uh, well, you've used Reddit before, right? Yes. So in the Reddit world, OP stands for Original Poster. So sometimes when I see OP, I still think Original Poster, but I, I have to think about Organized Play. This episode was designed with people like you in mind. Yeah. So last pod, we talked about the future of Lorcan, and today we're talking about playing an Organized Play or playing in the weekly tournaments. So we're gonna break it down into three sections. Number one, what entices a person to play a card game in the first place? Number two, uh, tips for preparing for organized play. And number three, uh, how a weekly event actually works. I wanna go through a step-by-step analysis just so that way when it's time to go out to organized play, ideas is that we're going to take some of the fear of the unknown out of it so you have an idea of what to expect
0: and so we're going to kick it off with what entices a person to play a tcg in the first place and both of us got into it for kind of different reasons uh similar and different uh i think in what we've talked about in the past which from My personal experience with trading card games was always picking something that I was a fan of. So Marvel Overpower, because I love comics, or Babylon 5, because I love the TV show, or Dune, because I love the book and the movies. Uh, So I picked all of those. And then, of course, recently, again, with Marvel, with Snap. uh, So, But there is actually a psychology behind trading card games. And it's basically the kind of psychology that's behind most games. But specifically, we're talking about trading card games in this Uh, and it was this article from Forbes, uh, from like six years ago, talked about it mainly about Blizzard and Hearthstone, which is an online. And, uh, I think they're a physical trading card game as well for a portion, weren't they? I think they do have physical cards that I'm not sure. I Um, I
1: played the online client a little bit, but I don't know about the physical cards.
0: So they basically broke it down and there's these different things where like, it's, it's sensory where, you know, you have this thing to collect and touch and, You know, depending on the game you're playing, you have things like cards you can slap down or little uh, figures you can move around on a board or whatever it may be. It's I have this thing that I can use. Uh, And then another one is narrative where, um, you know, like for Warcraft, you are basically recreating or Dungeons and Dragons, which I think you just started doing campaigns in Dungeons and Dragons recently. You are becoming a character in the narrative of the world. Um, so you're becoming part of the world, uh, and escapism. I mean, you know, we work our day jobs, we come home and we want to do something fun. We want to do something that immerses us in a world that we enjoy. Um, and then of course, this is the, the one that, uh, always gets me, especially for cards is uncertainty, uh, or the dopamine rush of (laughs) pulling a card from a pack. When you're opening packs of cards, it's like, am I going to get that card? I need to make the perfect deck. Am I going to get, you know, that foil that's going to complete my set? Things like that, where it just just boosts, you know, like as soon as you get one, you're like that that yes moment. Uh, and then there's for some people, I know this is what a lot of people in the trading card game specifically is planning or building decks. And it's basically the uh, feeling basically about, you know, how smart you are in building a deck and putting things together and figuring out combos and, you know, knowing like and and a part of that is skill in knowing when to play those cards you may be able to like go online and and build the perfect deck but if you can't play it right then you know it's only going to go so far so you know those are both kind of interwoven and then going back to uh like collecting is uh both for collection growth and personal growth of investing your time your money uh And seeing how you do and getting better at playing the game and getting a complete collection all of that like it's all of this stuff you know there's other things like you know being social um, being recognized for being doing a good job in organized play that we're talking about here you know winning Um, so all of this is just kind of like this perfect storm with trading card games where they fill all of these different needs all in one thing and it's I mean, that's that's kind of what Lorcana is doing, especially for me, is it's going to get me to do an organized play for the first time. I want to collect it all. And I think I'm going to do like middle of the road in building my decks because I'm going to get a lot of help with that.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, I agree. I think Lorcana hits a lot of these. And I've seen the Discord people talking about the narrative all the time. People... Are always asking what's the lore behind this and i mean with the great thing about disney is there's already a huge lore that's established around it we've grown up with these movies we have an idea of who these people are and what their powers or abilities could potentially be and i think that that narrative is going to be a huge one um uncertainty like you said it's such a dopamine rush when you're opening up packs especially when you get the Uh, secret rare or extra secret rare or whatever rarities that they have or even getting the foils. Uh, One of the things that I did when I was playing My Hero Academia with my daughter was I mentioned this the last time I'd get a booster box but I didn't mention this part. I actually had her there with me and we opened up packs together and it was a really fun thing to do together. Um, I, I hate to say that I'm addicted to the dopamine rush but it is there. The skill part, that's something that I need to work on. I love playing the games, but and I always thought that I was pretty smart, but holy cow, when you're playing with people that are sitting there and they're counting it out in their heads, you can see them like methodically planning. Can I take you out this turn? I'm not at that level and maybe someday I will, but I think all these hit a certain point um for why people enjoy playing card games
0: yeah and uh so the narrative part i think is as you mentioned is something that disney does so well and i think one of the key things is that they're not just giving us disney characters in a trading card game they are creating an entirely new narrative to run the game and put that extra layer into it to give us something to do that like okay this is more than just hey i'm slapping down my mickey on your goofy it's like <laughs> okay i am you know i am an illumineer and i'm creating this plan of using my characters of you know this particular mickey because i like the way that this one works or this particular donald because i like the way that this one works together and just creating that thing together and i mean that's i mean most people are like well you know trading card games are just numbers with whatever skin you want to put on them like but that skin is really important (laughs) no it really is
1: when i think back on the card games that i played before as you said it's usually something that i've been interested in in the past when i was a kid i mentioned this a hundred times people are probably getting sick of it but i played the star wars decipher card game because i loved star wars we were at a shopping mall And I'd never played card games before. And my family, we didn't really play games anyway. But something about Star Wars and these cards. I did collect basketball cards. So maybe that's what drew me to it. But I bought it and I played it and I loved it. And then when my kids were little, I tried playing Pokemon with them. uh, Because that's something that we all, I mean, we all played Pokemon Go And I was like, you know, I like playing card games. This would be the perfect time to get them into it. Unfortunately, my daughter just didn't have any interest in it. And my son had interest in it as long as if he was able to make up the rules and win every time. So that was no fun for me.
2: It's like like (laughs) Calvin.
1: (laughs) Yes. And then uh, just recently, my daughter has been watching this anime called My Hero Academia. And she had been begging me to watch this with her. So I finally did. And I actually really enjoyed it. It gives me a lot of the same vibes that the original trilogy Star Wars gave me. And I saw that they had a card game. And so I picked that up as a way of something to do with her. And then I got hooked. I mean, I haven't played it for a couple months now. But I was really hardcore into it for, you know, two or three or four months there. One of the things that I wanted to do with this podcast was to create a resource that I wish that I'd had when I started playing card games, specifically when I started playing My Hero Academia. One of the things that you have to overcome when you start playing card games is you have to overcome a fear of the unknown. Going to this new store can be scary. Going to if you've never been to a trading card game store, it can be scary. And there's also a fear of judgment. I remember sitting in the parking lot before my first tournament, and I'm like, am I really going to go in there with these 60 pieces of cardboard that have anime characters on them as a grown adult and go inside and play against other people? But uh, the answer is yes, I did. And, I'm, and I appreciate that I did. But what I want to do is try to help uh, make known some of the unknown to get rid of that fear and then kind of help you overcome that fear of judgment as well. What I would like to do at any point, James, because you've never been to a tournament before, if you have any questions about what I'm sharing, uh, feel free to ask because I'm sure people listening who have never been to an organized play tournament probably have the same question. Or if you feel like I missed something, feel free to do that too. I want you to be like a reporter as I'm sharing my experiences and tips
0: here. Oh, in other words, just basically fulfill the position in which I am right now as the noob.
1: <laughs> exactly, yes. Okay, so my first tip, and this isn't a perfect world, is if you have a friend that plays, uh, ask them if you can tag along. And that could be, you could do it right now. way that plays Magic or Pokemon or Yu-Gi-Oh or Flesh and Blood or Digimon or One Piece or My Hero, there's any number of games. Uh, but just being able to go with a friend, you're taking a known quantity into an unknown environment, and then you get to see how a tournament is run, and you don't have to stay for the three hours. But if you want the extra credit, I'm sure your friend would even be willing to make a deck and maybe even teach you how to play. Now, barring you not having a friend that plays right now, because Lorcana is still 10 months out, if you could find a friend who's also interested in learning to play Lorcana and hook up with them like I ask maybe once a week in the Lorcana HQ discord server if there's anybody from the Las Vegas area there's are no takers yet but someday there's going to be and you could also ask in the Facebook group but the nice thing about this is that if you have somebody that wants to play with you then you know when it comes out you'll be able to coordinate store and you know that you'll have somebody that you can go with
0: yeah that sounds like uh, that sounds like one of the uh, the key things is, uh, depending on your comfort level in social situations, is finding someone to go with you or tagging along with someone currently to get used to it.
1: Yep. It's so much easier if you have somebody to go with you. <laughs>
0: um, I would also, actually, I, I, I do want to point this out, though, is that uh, you can also go like you did and make friends When you do go, you don't need to go with friends because eventually you'll find people of like mind uh, and be able to hang out at least at the game nights and have a more comfortable environment, like I said, especially depending on your social comfort level.
1: Yes, absolutely. So barring you not having any friends or not being able to find somebody that wants to play Lurkana. Uh, This is what I did when I first started playing my hero was the first thing you have to do is you have to find a store that actually runs tournaments. And so when I was first looking at playing my hero, I, (laughs) I went onto Facebook actually and typed in my hero academia, Las Vegas tournaments. So stupid. I didn't find anything. Come to find out they have a dedicated website. That's like play.mhaccg.com. And as I've come to find out most of the major, uh, card games and i'm sure all of them do have a website like this where you can go on there and it will give you a list of the stores that sell and hold weekly tournaments so uh, that's the first tip that i have and then once you find that store just on your own time and on your own terms go drive over to the store and check it out when i was picking up my hero i went into my local game stores called dark side games which i kind of like because i'm a star wars guy But I drove over there, and the lady could tell that I wasn't a regular. First thing she says is, oh, what can I help you with? And I told her, I was just being honest. I was like, I'm looking at getting into the My Hero Academia card game. I need to buy some cards. And I was wondering about tournaments, too. And it was awesome. She was so nice. She was like, oh, yeah, My Hero has been around. The UFS system has been around for 19 years. Uh, it's produced here in Las Vegas. She was just really hiking me up on it, which made me feel better about going in. And then she showed me where the product was. And then she showed me where the tournaments are played. So just being able to scope it out made me more comfortable with that environment. And then I wish that I had taken this opportunity. She also asked, I can teach you how to play this game. <laughs> and I was like, well, I can figure it out. I can read instructions. But in hindsight, I wish that I had taken her up on that offer.
0: So I think the key thing to take from this, besides going and checking it out, is make sure your store is that kind of store. Make sure you're going into a place where when you do ask questions, you feel welcome. Because if you don't feel welcome there, that's probably not somewhere that you want to play and go find another store, if it's possible in your area.
1: So my old town, before I moved here, I was trying to get into a game called X-Wings Minis. It's a tabletop game we had two uh, local game stores in town. And the one was like the stereotypical game shop where I don't think any of the guys knew how to shower. Mm -hmm. Like it was just stinky and it was dingy. And I just didn't enjoy being there. But the other place was better. So what you're saying is spot on. So once you've checked it out and you feel comfortable with the area, you've bought the product, you gotta make sure, try to, like read through the rules, watch YouTube tutorials. And so that way you have a basic understanding of how the game is played. And I forgot to mention this too. I had also told the employee that I wanted to go, that I was going to be at the next weekly tournament. Because that little commitment will come into play later when we actually talk about the tournament. Um, But you want to make sure you have your deck ready, Uh, If there's any tokens or dice that are needed for the game, just having everything ready, having your cards in a sleeve. Um, So that way, when game day comes around, you don't like roll up and you're like, oh, shoot, I forgot my dice. Because that's something that if you're like not comfortable, you're like, oh, well, maybe next week.
0: Yeah. So what you want to do is in advance, make sure you Google all the stuff you're going to need or ask the questions while you're there. Basically, just try and do as much prep as you can beforehand, and including maybe learning how to play the game.
1: <laughs> right. And like I said, with My Hero, I feel like it was more complex. I probably understood about 5% of what was actually happening. My daughter and I tried to play it. And in hindsight, I look at what we did, and it was completely wrong. Because when we talk about the next section, that's where I actually learned how to play the game. And I was like, well, that's not how he did it. That's not how he did it. That's the great thing about um, going and actually playing the game is you'll get people who can teach you how to play. But I did try like I wanted to have that foundation
0: <laughs> We're five percent there.
1: That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so any anything that I missed on the preparation for the organized play?
0: I don't think so. I mean, it, it's it's pretty much, you know, it's it's a pretty easy thing to get to that point where you're now ready to go to the tournament.
1: Yeah. And getting to the tournament is the hard part. And I still remember when I first went, I drove up, I was in my car and I must've sat there for three minutes trying to talk myself out of it. I was like, am I really going to do this? Am I really going to be that adult that goes and plays card games with people? What are people going to think of me? Just trying to come up with every excuse. But the thing that helped me to actually go inside was number one, that commitment I made to the store employee that I'd be there. I don't know why it's so silly, but it's like, I told her I was going to be there and I'm a man of my word. The funny thing is, is that she wasn't even working when I went in there, (laughs) but uh, it still got me in there. And then the other thing too, is I asked myself, what is the worst that could happen? The worst that could happen is I absolutely hate it and I never go back and I waste three hours of my life, but on the flip side, the best thing that could happen is that I make new friends, which I did. And I find a new hobby, which I really enjoyed. And I still do.
0: That's, that's the goal right there.
1: So when you get there and once you're actually in the door, what happens is you're going to walk up to the employee uh, behind the desk because they usually have a sign-up sheet. You're going to register online for most of these games because the, The companies want to make sure they know who's coming out to play. But then the stores also want to keep track because they want to make sure it's profitable for them. There's also usually a small fee when you go and play these games. When I would go play my weekly games, it was about a $5 fee. I know there was another local game store that it was free. So it just depends. And that's for My Hero. I don't know about other games. Some may have more. Some may have less.
0: That actually... Yeah, that actually was surprising to me when I heard people talk about it and you mentioning it, that there was going to be a charge to go to the tournament. It's like, well, in thinking about it, like, well, of course, because, you know, it's it's kind of a thing. It's both a thing for paying for the time at the store because they're opening their store to this thing that's not theirs technically. Um, but also if they give away stuff, maybe they'll give you some packs, maybe they'll, do who knows what it is, but they they do have, you know, these employees that are there running the thing and they're not necessarily doing it for free. So I understand that the the needing to get a little bit of money out of it.
1: Yeah, exactly. I was cut off by surprise too the first time, but as you say, I mean most eh, well we'll get into this, but most of the tournaments will have some sort of prize support. And I'm certain that that's what that cost is going for because it's such a nominal amount of money that they're making that I can't imagine they're making bank off of it. I mean, where they make their money is the people who come in and then they're like, oh, I've been meaning to buy a booster box while I'm here.
0: Or supplies, you no? Know, Hard protectors or binder or whatever it may be, just stuff that's in the store that the store has in stock.
1: Yeah. And I did that all the time. So once you have signed in, hopefully the staff member will take you over to the game area. Because when I went the first time, just like almost every other night, there was a bunch of people that were playing Magic. That's the king of card games. So of course there's going to be people there. But she took me over and introduced me to the people who were playing the My Hero Academia card game. And then I sat there and just visited with them. Um, which was kind of nice they were asking me you know who I was playing with what my experience was and I just let them know straight out i was like I have no idea what I'm doing when it was time for the tournament to actually start the tournament organizer will come out and announce pairings and so tournaments usually last about three hours there's three rounds that last one hour each at least that's how it is in my hero and I know that that's how it is in some of the other games too Maybe other games had different variations, but it'll be something like this. and so during this hour, what you're trying to accomplish is to finish three games and the winner is the one who wins best out of three. So if you win two out of three then you you won't even play the third game. sometimes though you won't you won't even get through one game because some decks are just slow and they take the whole time and in that case, you finish your rounds and you either. Finish as a draw, or the person who has like the most health, or you know, in Loraconda's case, probably whoever has the most uh, lore is going to win. I just want to make sure people know, especially on your first time, it's okay to ask for help. And what I found is that the card game community are a very welcoming group of people, they want people to come in. And so I had for each of those first three games, I think I finished one game and it took almost the whole time because people were like, well, here's what my character does. Here's what this card does. Here's what your card does. I'd show them my hand and they'd be like, well, I would play this to do that. And that's where the understanding of the game really came in from, for me, I went in knowing probably about 5% well, how to play the game and came out with an 80% knowledge and, but I had the foundation to gain the rest of that knowledge there. So that continues for three rounds. At the end of each round, they'll have you record who won, uh, who went first, and then once you submit your results, an algorithm will pair you up in the next round, and the the tournament organizer will come out, announce the next pairings, and then you go on to the second round. And at the end of the three rounds, the tournament organizer will come out, uh, the person that came in first we'll usually get some sort of price support uh either booster packs or something else but with my hero everybody got some sort of price support we got what was called a power-up pack i called it a quirk pack last week but i was reminded it's a power-up pack and these contain mechanically unique cards which going back to last week i'm so grateful that we aren't going to have mechanically unique cards but i do hope that we all get some sort of price support when lore comic comes out because it just honestly it makes it fun like being there and opening up packs and showing everybody what you got
0: it's like it's like uh, what we were talking about earlier about the the whole like psychological aspect of it of getting something cool as a reward uh the whole dopamine rush of opening a pack it's like well, now I'm going to play this game that I'm enjoying and hanging out with friends, and all of a sudden, at the end, you're also getting that extra hit of even if you didn't win, you get something cool.
1: My hope this probably won't happen, but I think it would be so cool if they had like alternate art cards as prize support, or like different foiling techniques, and maybe they could run it like My Hero and have you know eight different cards that are either alternate art or foils that aren't mechanically unique, but, you know, there's enough variation that you're not getting the same one every week that you go.
0: That's what I'm hoping for.
1: So that's kind of my summary of a weekly tournament. Um, Again, my goal was to try to make this a little bit less mysterious. Did I miss anything? Do you have any questions?
0: Well, so when you're playing, I mean, is there like, is there game etiquette?
1: One thing that you should always be aware of is it's okay to look at other people's cards, but you should never just grab it. Always ask people before looking at their card, but usually they're cool with you taking a look at it. The way that you determine who goes first, it's usually just like you both roll a couple of dice and whoever has the higher score goes first. That seems to be a pretty consistent rule because one of the things that you'll learn is that, the person who goes first usually has a pretty unfair advantage. I don't know how uh, you counteract that, but it's just how it is.
0: Do you think that's the way it is in most card games, or was it something specific to the system that uh, My Hero uses?
1: No, it's every card game. Every card game. It was, it was that way in Hearthstone. Um, it was that way in
2: Star Wars.
0: Because. In a game like Snap, there's no one person going first. Everybody goes at the same time. It's just which one gets their cards revealed first, which can then have benefits or drawbacks.
1: Yeah, that's true. That is one way to counteract it if you're both going simultaneously. But it's just like in these card games, if you go first, then you're automatically generating resources before the other person. And so the thing that people have speculated with the ink pot theory and how to counteract that is that player one will get one resource on their first turn and then player two will get two resources on their first turn and then three and then four. And that's how it will escalate. I mean, I don't know. That kind of makes sense to me.
0: Yeah. something simple, but you know, ramping and uh, to where the second player isn't at an extreme disadvantage would be, would be pretty cool. But that's like a whole other episode, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll have to bring an expert on for that.
1: And speaking of experts, once you've had your appetite wet with local tournaments, there's a whole other scene of competitive play out there. Uh, there's state, there's nationals, there's regionals and world Who knows what Lorkana is going to have. They've promised robust, organized play, but neither you or I really have experience in that arena. So next week, we're actually bringing on a guest who can share with us what that experience is like and what it's like going from a new player to a competitive player.
0: That's going to be interesting because that's a lot of questions we got to ask about (laughs) all of that.
1: (laughs) I know. We honestly might have to do two episodes, break it up into two. Okay, so let's do a summary of what's going on of the news. So, again, there hasn't been a whole lot going on because the Lorcana team has been on vacation until January 9th, which as of this recording was two days ago. Uh, They keep promising news. They keep promising that it's going to come soon. Um, And I actually do believe that we're going to get something this week. And I figured it would either be today or on Friday because those seem to be the days that they reveal their information. So we're left with Friday.
0: <laughs> and and I think that some of us uh, may be a little too in tune with uh, what's going on over there at the Lorcana office because we're all like, they've been really quiet this morning. And it's like, well, they must have be in their marketing meeting or something like that because they usually at least have like, random replies or good mornings or something and we're like they're busy doing something like maybe we're paying oh, a little too close attention to their twitter feed
1: <laughs> yep I, I don't know if you saw my meme of the day yesterday but i had michael myers and he's standing yeah. out from behind the bush it was like twitter Lorcana. So, Disney, Lorcana, I see you're back in office. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, That's, not- That's kind of what we're doing right now. I feel yeah. bad for them.
0: We're creeping on their, on their, on their socials. Um, yeah, so news soon, uh, as you mentioned uh, this week, hopefully.
1: I think so. And if I were to make a prediction, I would think that it's going to be their convention schedule. It makes sense because we have PAX, PAX East coming up. So, if they're going to be there, I mean, that's just over two months away. I don't think they will be there. But I know Gen Con, we were talking about this in the Discord today. Their badges go on sale on the 29th of this month. So I strongly believe that we're going to get a convention schedule, if not this Friday, then next week sometime.
0: And, and apparently, uh, Robinsberger has been to Gen Con plenty of times in the past with their board games and such. So it's not out of the ordinary that they would be there anyway. As yeah, I think, last year, I saw I was listening to a podcast that from a few months ago, and they mentioned that uh, Star Wars villainous from them premiered last year at Gen Con, and mm-hmm. was like a huge hit. So, but there was other big news this week in the world of Robinsburger. Yeah, which you found, right?
1: <laughs> I did find it. The CEO of Robinsburger North America. So I don't know how big Ravensburger is, but they're headquartered in Germany, and then they have uh, different locations throughout the world. So Ravensburger North America, the CEO, his name is Philip Franke, and he was actually just promoted to uh, global.
0: We don't even know the name of the role. It was just, <laughs> just a description of what he's going to do.
1: Yeah, he he's charged with driving global expansion of games specifically with Lorcana and the thing that I pointed out in the discord as well is 3 months ago Cassidy Werner had a similar thing where she was promoted from uh, the national marketer of North America at Ravensburger to international marketing manager with a focus on Lorcana and new games.
0: I mean, all signs point to this is going to be released globally, if not at the same time for multiple markets, then definitely very soon after it gets released uh, in maybe just a few markets, right? I mean, there's no reason to call all these people global if it's not actually going to be global.
1: Again, this goes back to spending too much time. I remember seeing a job posting they have for a French marketing manager. Um, for Robinsberger in France. So I suspect that it's going to be global. And my theory is when you go onto their website, uh, lorcona.com, and you click the drop down menu for languages, there's like six languages on there. And now I'm going to
0: debunk that one.
1: Okay. okay, okay. I'm
0: pretty sure based on what I, because I used to, because I, like said before, I'm a puzzler. So I've been on Robinsberger's site many times in the past and i think all those languages were there on their puzzle sites too so i think it's just where they have like their their where they have headquarters in each of those like countries with those languages so i think that's what it is but also i think that yes lorcana is going to be at each of those wherever they have a headquarters lorcana is going to be
1: i feel like all these things are pointing to robinsberger believing that they truly think that Lorcon is going to be something special i mean they have the right ip the market is hungry for trading card games and they're promoting these people to positions with new titles and the fact that they have that much confidence in it gives me confidence that this game is going to be successful
0: yeah i mean this guy uh, philip Frankie was the ceo of north america while the development of Lorcana was happening, uh, I don't yeah. I don't recall seeing how long he had been the CEO, but I'm pretty sure he is at the company like during the entire existence of Lorcana, and so who better to drive, you know, be the head of the expansion of it than the guy who basically was there for the whole development of it, you know? Yeah. So he he knows all the people involved. He knows the game. He was there, as mentioned, you know, in my story from a, a couple of weeks ago. He was on the floor at the booth at D23, working the booth. He was there along with, you know, designers and artists and all the people that were there at the booth. They were all people who created the game. So I think that they all have like, besides, you know, working for the company, I think they honestly all have like a very personal, like drive to make this thing a success. And so that's one of the things I feel is really going to help it is that everybody is so committed to it.
1: Yeah. That's a thing that I've sensed as well. Everybody who's worked there that has worked on Lorcana, they all have a passion and they're genuinely excited to share this game with us. So I'm excited.
0: Me too. I think think it's definitely a positive thing that he got moved to this role. (laughs) Same here. Did we miss any other news? There hasn't been any other news. (laughs)
1: Yeah, there really hasn't. Now watch, it's gonna drop tomorrow or something right after we record this.
0: (laughs) We'll be we'll be back next week with all the (laughs) the newest news. That's right. Well then, let's play Disney Jeopardy. Uh oh, I'm on I'm on the hook again.
1: We are going to choose the miscellaneous category. Uh oh, and we're going to start with 100. Okay. What
2: is the name of Simba's uncle? Scar. Yep. Ding, 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 ding. What is Scar? (laughs) Oh, Oh. That's
0: right.
1: (laughs) I'm giving it to you because I didn't even catch that. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Here's a challenging one. Name all seven dwarfs.
0: Sleepy, Sneezy, Dopey, Doc,
2: uh, Bashful,
0: Uh, Okay, I got two left.
2: Two left, yep.
0: um, Happy? Happy, yep. And...
2: Easiest one. The easiest one. This is crazy. I'm now...
0: Oh, Grumpy.
1: Grumpy. Ding, 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 ding. However, I will have to dock you because you didn't form it in a question. Oh! (laughs) Yeah, uh, no, I'm not going to be that hardball. Okay, good job, though. That is a hard one to name all seven. Okay, the iconic Disneyland castle is based on the one animated for this film. Uh,
0: the one in Disneyland is Sleeping Beauty's castle.
1: Ding, ding, ding. All right, Miss I, I better know that one. <laughs> I know, because you go all the time. Okay, so miscellaneous for 400. Who is Briar Rose?
0: That's going to be someone from Song of the South, right? Is it? I mean, there was the Briar the Briar Rabbit. So was it someone? That's,
2: from... that's Briar Ra- Rabbit. Rabbit.
0: Oh, Briar Rose. Brayer.
2: Yeah. Briar Rose. No clue.
1: Really? It's uh, What is Sleeping Beauty? What? yeah that's her that's one of her names in the movie
0: really because i only know aurora so <laughs> i did not know briar rose was a uh, her, her one of her alternate names maybe we'll get now that card.
1: now you're making me question that reality so after this i'm gonna have to google it but i do remember them saying that in the movie i swear
0: i, I haven't uh, actually in our uh disney animated canon rewatch Uh, We just got to Alice. So I think that I would have known that in a week or two.
1: (laughs) Okay. So for 500, what is the name of the Halloween movie about an imaginary town from the Disney channel? Oh, Uh,
0: isn't it just Halloween town?
2: Oh, you're correct.
0: I watched that just during this, this year, last year's Halloween.
1: There's no way I would have gotten that. I don't even know what it's about.
0: Uh, It's about this family of uh, witches who uh, the grandmother or the mother does not, no longer wants to be a witch, but the daughter is starting to show uh, inklings of becoming one. And the grandmother shows up and then they all go to Halloween Town. They sneak there, blah, blah, blah. Adventure ensues. It was actually pretty good.
1: Oh, I think I have watched that, actually, because that's sounding familiar.
0: Yeah, it it came out like 20 years ago, I think. (laughs) And then they did oh. two or three sequels.
1: Oh, nice. Nicely done. You missed the Brer Rose, but other than that, I think you got all of them. Yeah, you did.
0: I'm, I'm pretty proud of the 500. So <laughs> that's always a tough one. Yes, it is.
1: All right. Uh, anything else before we sign off?
0: I don't think so. Uh, I'm trying to think of there's. Oh, uh, we were just talking before we started recording about uh, Bad Batch this week, which was uh, the newest episode. It's the, I guess, the third episode of the season, but the second week. Awesome episode. Uh, if you aren't watching uh, the Bad Batch and you are a Star Wars fan, what what are you doing? Go watch Bad Batch.
1: <laughs> it's so good. There's so many things I want to talk about, but I don't want to drop any major spoilers.
0: Yeah. <laughs> then we'd have to rename this you know uh citizens of Lorcana <laughs> slash bad batch
1: that's right but it really was it was a great episode all right well if you liked what you heard click like subscribe and follow us on twitter follow me on twitter at so my twitter handle is com. so citizens of Lorcana. and james where they where can they find you
0: Uh, You can find me everywhere online at Dan Regal and you can check out geekshotphoto.com for all of the uh, photography and social media links for my wife and I. Well, it's been fun. It has. Uh, So uh, looking forward to the interview next week. And if you have any questions or clarifications, uh, hit us up on the social media or leave a comment and uh, we will uh, try and answer them next week. Or whenever we get around to it uh, for the the topic. So uh, thank you all for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time.